Well, hi, everybody. What's this? It's Monday. Why are we getting an episode, Connor? Have you gone off the deep end again? You're making all the film news. Is a film news dump back? Is that what ha- what's happening? You, you're recording too many shows again? No, not quite. Uh, but I am sitting on a lot more volume because I am finishing up a lot of 2002 movies this time of the year. Um, I do happen to have a little bit more volume of non-2002 movies that we've already recorded. And I don't want to sit on too many of them at a time because it's kind of a nightmare trying to schedule episode releases um, when you're trying to interweave more recently recorded episodes with them. So uh, in an effort to avoid unnecessary logistics for the show and also to kind of cram in more 2002 movies before 2022 actually ends uh, without making uh, the fourth quarter of the year 100% 2002 films because I bet that might get tiresome for some people I'm just going to release extra content I'm just going to put bonus episodes out on Mondays if I've got some uh, just in an effort to sort of cleanse out the system a little bit so you see an extra episode dropped on a Monday um, don't fear Uh, in fact click on it you might like it this is also a disclaimer that the extra content is temporary we are not going back to two episodes a week on a permanent basis this is a temporary um, surge in output for us. It will end because we cannot sustain that. Enjoy it while it lasts uh, and enjoy all the extra episodes like this one. So I'm going to swoop in here and talk about a couple of movies uh, under the umbrella of my 2002 series. In 2002, a movie came out called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. No one in my family has ever gone out with a non-Greek before. Oh! A respectful boy would come here and ask for my permission. May I please date your daughter? No! do anything to get them to accept me. End it now. I love you. Go! Marry me. <laughs> you invited the whole family? Yeah. She's gonna be baptized tomorrow. Nikki gonna be your godmother. I've never seen my sister so happy. Oh. If you hurt her, I'll kill you and make it look like an accident. Hey, Ian! We're going to kill you. <laughs> so uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding came out in 2002. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, its release date in the United States was April 19th, 2002. Uh, so this was uh, a few weeks before I ended up seeing Spider-Man for the first time. But I did not see this in theaters. I discovered this on DVD. I don't know how we ended up with it. I guess my parents just bought it or I don't know. I think at a time my, we were trying to stock up on, I don't, I really don't remember how we got to this. Um, I think Blockbuster was probably still a thing and we ended up with this 
DVD, but we, we owned this because I saw this a lot in my early teens. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is an independent film. It's directed by Joel Zwick, and the screenplay is written by Nia Vardalos, who is also the star of the film. And uh, this movie is really impressive for kind of what it achieves off screen as much as, you know, just its value as a story at, at face value. Um, but this is a, a story of, if you never saw my big fat Greek wedding, it's about a middle-class Greek American woman who is working at her parents' restaurant. And she's like, she's like 30. I think it is. Yeah. She's 30 and, uh, is kind of, I don't want to say a spinster. It sounds negative, but like, she's just, she's really just caught up in being, you know, a team player for her family has, has not seeked a social life or really anything outside of kind of the bubble of growing up in a large and all-consuming family environment. She just kind of decides like, yeah, I want to take, start taking some classes at the local college. And then she sort of just start decides like, I want to buy some new clothes. I want to kind of, you know, put more effort into like my appearance and stuff. And then, you know, throughout all the, you know, it's a, it's, it's about a woman who slowly kind of starts to self-actualize like gradually. And in the course of her just kind of pursuing her own interests, she meets, um, she meets Ian played by John Corbett here. And Ian is a non-Greek man that she falls in love with. And so the whole movie is about the drama around their courtship and eventual engagement and wedding and how her family would react to it and how he's dealing with converting for her and just all the drama. It's a, it's a wedding movie. Uh, it's just got this extra flavor to it because part of the plot is that she is Greek and that's a big deal, especially if your parents immigrated from Greece to the United States. It's very important to them that you keep it uh, within the culture or at least retain their culture um, within through their children and grandkids. Um so it's a very charming movie. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, and uh, it still holds up as a really solid movie. It became what's called a sleeper hit. It premiered in February 02, and then it was released uh, limited on April 19th. And then over the summer, it got a larger release worldwide, including a wide release in the US in August because it was doing well. It grew from the limited release. So it says here, despite never hitting the number one spot for a box office weekend and being an independent film with a $5 million budget, it ultimately grossed over $368 million worldwide, becoming one of the top romantic films of the 21st century. It was the fifth highest grossing film of 2002 in the US and Canada with $241.4 million and the highest grossing romantic comedy in history Domestically, it also held the record for the highest grossing film, never having been number one on the weekly North American box office charts until the 2016 release of the animated film Sing. It says, however, adjusted for inflation, the gross of My Big Fat Greek Wedding was still higher, equivalent to $322 million in 2016. The film is amongst the most profitable of all time, with a 6,150% return on an inflation-adjusted cost of six million dollars to produce, and that's a that's a twenty that's a twenty ten CNBC article. So maybe there's been others um, in the last twelve years. 
even if it falls to 30th on the list, that's still an insanely good reward. So a couple of other notable things, two of the producers on this film are Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks, and they went on to produce the sequel to this, and I believe the upcoming third one. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit about the history of this because obviously the film's great. I've got nothing good things to say about it. It's not like it's not a game changer or anything. The game changing is in the production history of all of this. So as I said, Nia Vardalos, who's great in the movie is and, and who herself is a Greek Canadian, wrote the screenplay for this. Many of the cast are are, you know, Greek, um, Greek in, in descent, I believe, um, or or Jewish, you know. I mean, we've got in here Lainey Kazan playing her mother, who's amazing. We have Michael Constantine as her father, uh, Gus. So good. Um, John Corbett's great. Um, even even down to like the cousins is like Joey Fatone, you know, the the NSYNC uh member is in this movie and and shows up in the sequels as as one of her cousins. Um, just a lot of really great um uh performers in the movie. Um, but her parents are terrific, obviously, and she's great too. But uh, my big fat Greek wedding began as a one woman show, like a play um, that Nia Vardalos wrote, starred in, and she was performing in LA in the mid nineties. And, and it was based on her real family in Winnipeg um, and on her experience marrying a non-Greek um, and the play did well. And she kind of, you know, her ground game marketing it was really good. She went around to the Greek Orthodox churches in the area. She just kind of got the word around. She's a hustler. She just, that's a, that's an artist. You know, that's someone who has a vision, has a, and, and executes it in, in wearing multiple hats, like writer, producer, basically of all this star, you know, that's, that's impressive. And a number of people from Hollywood saw it, including Rita Wilson, who is herself Greek in ancestry, and she obviously convinced her husband, Tom Hanks, to see it. Nia Vardalos was already trying to shop it around to get a film made of the play because it was doing well. And, you know, it's like, that's kind of what you ought to do if you're trying to get into show business. And the suits who were reading it were... Because it's, you know, it's the late 90s and they were like, you need to change a bunch of stuff so that we can sell it better. And they suggested things like changing the plot, getting, you know, an actress with more name recognition in the role that says apparently one name mentioned was Marissa Tomei. Um, Again, and none of these are like would have these are all like good ideas if they have to happen. But the idea is but they're they compromise the vision, even if Marissa Tremay's a terrific actress. um, It's not the same thing as what this play is. You know, they wanted to change the ethnicity to Hispanic instead of Greek, um, which I feel like is a gigantic transgression of what makes the story special. Um. And so Playtone, which is Tom Hanks's production company, um, they contacted her and they were like, yeah, we want to make a movie of it and we don't want you to change anything. And so she was like, all right. Um, And so Tom Hanks, let's see what they say. Um, They also agreed to remount the play in early 1998 at the LA Globe Theater, I guess, to, you know, retain interest in the story. 
And um, yeah, and obviously that was a good move on their part. You know, they did production in Toronto. Um, they moved the location to Chicago instead of Winnipeg. And um, yeah, and so another funny story. So they were doing pre-production in Toronto. And so Nia Vardalos and one of the producers from Tom from Playtone, Gary Goatsman, uh, were at a bar and they overheard John Corbett, who was also at the bar. He was in town shooting the movie Serendipity. And he was telling the person he was with about how he'd read the script for My Big Fat Greek Wedding and he wouldn't be able to make it to the auditions. He was bummed out because he was interested. And they overheard him. So they walked over and they offered him the part on the spot. And he was like, great. And they said, great. And it's great. He's great in it. Yeah. So, and then of course the movie goes on to get up, get, get kind of the, the, the gradual wide release and it makes a ton of money. And that's just kind of the stuff of show business and movie making that you like to hear about. Like, I'm sure that this movie is not a lot of people's favorite film, but I would wager that most people who remember this movie have a positive memory of it. And it has a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, they kind of praise it for the, 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 the heart at the middle of it, the center of it, you know, it's a little, um, sitcom-y some say. Um, but I think the script and the film, the movie itself and the, and the story elements hold up, you know, it's about, it's about, it's, it's essentially a coming of age story in a sense. It's about family and about love of family, but also about, you know, growing and, you know, not needing to live up to your parents' expectations of you. And, you know, you don't need to live the same life that your parents lived and, um, you know, the importance of doing things on your own and for yourself. And, you know, like I said, a very uh, key element of the movie is that Tula, the main character Tula, she sees Ian. She it, It's the same day she meets him. But it's not it has nothing to do with him. She doesn't go, I'm gonna go go to the college so I can be near Ian Miller. He's because he's a school teacher. Um she sees him, is smitten with him, and I think part of that feeling sparks her to go, Yeah, I want something more from my life. Um, I need to I want to go take some computer courses so I can improve the restaurant, but it's also like an area of interest that I have, and I think that it's going to be good for the restaurant and good for me. And I just, I just need to try something different and I'm just going to try this one small thing. I'm not going to like move to, you know, Europe and do this and that and like change my entire life. But like, I just want to branch out a little bit and start doing more than just helping my dad run the restaurant. So I really think, and there's all there's drama with her siblings and her, the parents. It's just, it's really, really, really charming. Again, if you never saw it, you should see it. So yeah, that's my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, still holds up. I'm very impressed with what it accomplished um, as an independent film. Kudos to Nia Vardalos for the vision and for essentially making this happen. I, I know that she didn't direct this and all that, but like this, this is the way you want things to go. You know, lots of stuff came of this movie, including a sequel in 2016, My Big Fat Greek Wedding Two. A long time ago, I had a big, fat, Greek wedding. Now my daughter is all grown up. Hope you apply to some local colleges, too. Why do parents always say dream big when they really mean not too big? 
Ian and I are just trying to find a minute to ourselves. How about another date tonight? And afterward, oh, satin, slippery like an eel. Mia! You're welcome. Shave everything. You look pretty. What are you doing? Dad! And my family is still too close. Parents deserve a sex life, too. This family's always in my business. Keep your eyeballs open for a nice Greek boy, so one day you can make babies. They follow me everywhere. Hey, hey. I need some air. Your mom felt the same way about being Greek. Florida, Texas, New York, these are the colleges I'm applying to. Why do you want to leave me? <coughs> Payback. But there's always... The priest never signed the wedding license. A few surprises. We're not married? I'm a hippie. <laughs> so this one has a different director, Kirk Jones. It's still written by Nia Vardalos, solely. Sole screenwriting credit. All the producers are back. Gary Goetzman, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson. John Corbett's back. Lainey Kazan is back. Michael Constantine is back. And... All of her, all the supporting characters, all these people come back. It's been, again, this is the same year that Singh took the mantle from them for the, you know, for the, for the box office gross. So 14 years later, here's my big fat Greek wedding too. So this one is, this one was also, this one was distributed, not from IFC. This is distributed from Universal. Um, and it's got different production companies. You still got Playtone and Gold Circle films. Um, but then you've added the production of, HBO films, which I think HBO was somehow involved in the first one. Yeah, they were. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, so a number of, you know, financial stakeholders and other stuff. The, the premiere was in New York in on March 15th, 2016. And then in the United States at on March 25th. Um, so this one, uh, this one is about the, her parents, you know, Tula and Ian are married. They have a teenage daughter. Um, and, uh, you know, her there, you know, because of the economic recession, the, all, the, the travel agency job that she's doing at the end of the first film dries up. So she's back working at the restaurant, um, with her, her, with her dad. And of course her parents are a lot older now, so they need a lot more. They're a lot more dependent on her. Um, she has a moody teenage daughter, um, the spark in her, um, marriage with Ian is just a little strained and kind of dulled out because um, Tula is very obsessed with micromanaging, you know, you know, trying to be super involved with her, her daughter and needing to fix all the problems going wrong in her family. And it's, it's, you know, it's straining their marriage a little bit. Um, so the movie, the plot kind of centers not around her as much like the, the, her kid, their daughter's trying to pick a college, but really the plot is separate from them. It's about, um, Gus and Maria. Um, they find out that they are not actually married. The priest and the, the priest, um, who originally married them in Greece, um, never signed the wedding certificate. Uh, they're going through records and stuff cause they're old and they're, they're, you know, doing a bunch of admin at the house. And, um, yeah, he discovers their marriage certificate was never signed by the priests. So their union is technically invalid. So, you know, they're religious Greeks. So they're like, oh my God, this is like a scandal. 
And so they're like, you know, she's like, you know, he's like, we, we need to get married. And then, uh, she says, no, I want you to propose to me. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, then I'm not going to marry you. And so then they get into this big tiff for a while and she's very cold to him because, you know, she wants to be romanced. Uh, and he's like, but we're already husband and wife. She's like, well, it looks like we're not. <laughs> and, um, and so then eventually the wedding is on. So it becomes about their wedding. And it's really about T- Tula and Ian through the process of getting her parents married and trying to help their daughter Paris, um, you know, with her journey to college and try not to pressure her to stay in Chicago with the family. Um, so the move, this movie did not do as well. This movie has an $18 million budget, still small. Um, but it only made $90 million. Um, yeah. And I don't know what else to say. Let's see it. It opened, it opened, let's see, it made 17, $18 million this opening weekend, finishing third at the box office. So what else opened that weekend? Well, you have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And you have Zootopia. Um, and it still finished third the second weekend between those two movies. Um, and I I suppose that's just... I mean, people are like... Uh, yeah, I mean, the film was projected to gross $15 million, so it exceeded it. I wouldn't even say it's a failure or anything. I mean, that's, st- that's still a good return, I think, at least for an $18 million film. Um, so it, it just wasn't a huge hit. But the first one, that was kind of lightning in a bottle. But this one has a much lower Rotten Tomatoes score. It has a 28. Um, The critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2 is as sweet and harmless as the original, but its collection of sitcom gags and stereotypes never coalesces into anything resembling a story with purpose. I think that's a little harsh. Um, You know... Audiences on Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of an A minus, um, and I would—I almost wonder what the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is. Um, okay, the audience score is a fifty-three. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's subjective, especially comedy, especially romantic comedy. You know, that's—it's not exactly—we're not exactly in, in a heyday of movies like this. You know, these were a lot more common in the early two thousands than they are in twenty sixteen. Uh, they seem to resist to want to resist the tropes of romantic comedy because I don't know, there's something too traditional about romantic comedies to some people. I don't know who knows why certain genres fall out of favor. That's just kind of me guessing a little bit. I liked my big fat Greek wedding too. Whenever things like this happen, especially if it's been over 10 years since the last one, the main reason, the main thing I get out of it is I just love seeing the cast come back together. That's, that's a big part of it for me is like, cool, they got this person back and this person, like everyone's back. So it just feels nice and familiar. Unless the story is terrible or they're changing character in a really huge way, I'm not bothered by whatever they choose to do in films like this because this is, it's got to be a different movie than the first one. And maybe some people thought that it wasn't. Um, I felt like it was, and I don't feel like it should try to be. I mean, the franchise is called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It has to, 
it, it, it exists to center around a wedding of some kind. Uh, they're making a third one. It, it's, it's already finished shooting in Greece. Like in, like in August, I think it finished. And Nia Vardalos is directing it. And she's right. And she wrote it. I'm excited for that one. Um, and it's going to involve another Greek wedding. Because the fucking movie's called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, and, uh, you know, especially by this point, too, they had already tried to do other things with the property. They tried to do a TV show with it. It didn't take a um, couple of other things they tried to do with this with this intellectual property. Um, so that this is kind of uh, how these stories keep getting told is, is, is this. So, you know, do I recommend it? I still recommend it. I, I think it's worth seeing. It's charming. It's just, you know, the first one, the first one is, is what it is. This one is what it is. And again, everyone's great. And um, this was Michael Constantine's final film role. Uh, her, the, the man who plays her father is, has, has passed away, he passed away last year. Uh, and so they're dedicating the third movie to him. And of course he won't be in it. And I, I imagine a large part of a large plot element of the movie is going to have something to do with Gus being dead, you know, and it reminds me of other franchises where someone has passed away. I and mean, you know, obviously the most recent example would be black Panther with uh, Chadwick Boseman. But there's plenty of franchise movies or sequels where somebody passes, like, you know, the, the father figure passes away between films and it, it leaves a hole and, you know, and it's very, and the drama feels very real because the cast has experienced this same loss. And it also, if you're going to be making movies with an ensemble and, you know, some of them are aging you sort of know it might be coming, but you also know like whether, you know, like for example, you know, in, in the Creed and in, in the Rocky franchise, Rocky Balboa. So Adrian is not in Rocky Balboa. Um, Talia Shire. It's not that Talia Shire died. She wanted to be in the movie. And Stallone was like, it's more dramatic if she has been gone because we need to take her away from Rocky. He needs to overcome that. So whether the actor actually dies or or they just decide that it would it makes sense that this character passes away it's still good for drama even if it's sad in real life uh so i'm excited for the third one i i i'll definitely watch it this second one is also on hbo max and um yeah i recommend them both i really do i mean it's uh i didn't expect to be talking this long about these two movies but i i enjoy it I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed, um, I, I always like, and I'm curious about movies that glimpse into the latter years of marriage. There's plenty of films about falling in love and getting married and there's not as many films and, and these types of stories are getting better these days. That's one thing that this film does well and other movies try to do well with similar plot points where you have characters who've been married for a long time and they don't just portray the marriage as being going well like yep everything's cool this story is about my parents getting married but there's no drama in our marriage they are you know they're Tula and Ian are in a rut as happens with most couples after they get married 
And I, I just, I like seeing when a movie acknowledges that that happens, but they also go, look, it, it can be an issue, but not if you take action and you are, you take effort to keep your marriage interesting and good. Um, but you have to be proactive about it. I like that because if anyone is too suckered into lovey doveyness by romantic comedies, it's also their responsibility to be like, yeah, love can be really great and exciting. It can also be a lot of work. And, but that's real. And the work can pay off if you have the right partner and you, you put in the effort. That's a lot of what the movie's about. You know, Gus doesn't want to propose to her because he's like, why should I have to? And she's like, because I'm your, because, because you're, we're, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be my soulmate. Like, why wouldn't you? And I don't know. Uh, it's cool seeing, it's always good seeing that in movies because it's true to life. It's good for an audience to experience that and see examples of here's how you could, here's just a small example in a vacuum, how you can improve your marriage. And it boils down to effort, taking effort. That was my takeaway anyway, from this. I've been married almost 10 years. It's always good to, it's always good to have that reinforced for sure, especially for men. Um, all right. That's gonna be it for this episode. Just want to talk about those movies, brag on them. Have a good rest of your week. See some good movies. Bye.